0: Of the best sound in Caribbean radio. This is VOC Radio. Let's talk St. Kitts and Nevis, a talk show and current affairs program focusing on St. Kitts and Nevis, the Caribbean, and international news. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. on Voice of the Caribbean Radio. Join host Andre Huey as he delves into topical issues of the day. We'll open the lines so you can call in and be part of the discussion. And he'll feature guests each week to help shed light on the various topics of discussion. Let's Talk St. Kitts and Nevis with Andre Huey, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., with rebroadcasts on Wednesdays and Fridays, also at 10 a.m., on Voice of the Caribbean Radio at voiceofthecaribbean.net. Also, listen on our Android mobile app and tune in radio. Voice of the Caribbean Radio, reaching the Caribbean and beyond.
1: This is Let's Talks and Kids Nevis here on Voice of the Caribbean Radio at voiceofthecaribbean.net. I'm your host, Andre Huey. On this week's edition of Let's Talks and Kids Nevis, we're looking at the statement made by. Minister of Tourism, Lindsey Grant, in response to his legal situation or potentially legal situation. As you know, a couple of months back, he had an altercation with police officers at a night spot outside a night spot in Bird Rock, uh, where it was a video recording of him um, in that dispute with the police officers. made was made viral, an investigation was launched. The matter was brought over to the Director of Public Prosecution, who sent it back to the police, so there has been a, a stalemate of sorts as it relates to that investigation. Well, Mr. Grant on the weekend gave a statement where he indicated, essentially, charge me or have me exonerated. In that statement, however, he mentioned, and uh, he made an allegation that members of his own government has been conspiring to have him charged by the police. What does that mean for the Team Unity government, which is a coalition government, as we know, and there have been rumors of late, of uh, infraction or infighting within the government. We'll be speaking with local political commentator Duncan biglice Watley and political commentator and analyst Peter Wickham from Barbados on that situation. All that's coming up on this week's edition of Let's Talk St Nevis. And in the second half of the program, we'll turn our attentions to the Ukraine-Russia crisis. What does this mean for the world, and will diplomacy ever work to have this crisis resolved? We'll be hearing a full program from Al Jazeera on that issue. All that on this week's edition of Let's Talk St. But first, we'll take a break and be right back. Voice of the Caribbean Radio, VOC Radio, stay locked on. It's the new and improved SK Newsline Android mobile app. With the SK Newsline app, you can watch your news reports, the SK Newsline newscast, sports, special features, and so much more. You can also send us a WhatsApp or call us directly. Go in the Google Play Store, search SK Newsline, and download the app today. The SK Newsline mobile app. News on the go.
2: Online radio has never been this great. It's Voice of the Caribbean Radio at voiceofthecaribbean.net. Tune into Voice of the Caribbean Radio for great Caribbean programs. News, entertainment, sports, and current affairs. Wake up each morning and be inspired with One Day at a Time with Kim Huey. Stay abreast with news across the Caribbean and internationally with the Caribbean News Hour and be entertained with shows like Reggaeville, Caribbean Classics, and Jive Music Show. Visit our website, download our Android mobile app, or listen us on TuneIn Radio. There is so much more on Voice of the Caribbean Radio. Reaching the Caribbean and beyond. Check website or app for program schedule.
1: Want to buy some fresh fruits, vegetables or ground provision, but don't have the time to go to the market or even to find parking? Look no further. Green Market and Delivery is your solution. Green Market and Delivery is an e-commerce store that sells and delivers local produce to customers. It's in Kinsinavis. Anything you purchase, you can get fresh from the market and deliver directly to your door. Log on to www.greenmarketskn.com. Click on the e-store link, choose your items, and shop away. We have a wide array of products from fruits, vegetables, local products, spices and seasonings, and much more. Save time and energy. Shop on greenmarketskn.com. Your Your one-stop shop for for fresh local local produce. Stay
2: abreast with news on St. Martin with FMN News. Visit www.greenmarketskn.com smn-news.com for up-to-date news scoops opinions and hard-hitting facts smn news we tell it like it is visit our website www.smn-news.com
1: if you're looking for a place to host that special event conference meeting social event party Whatever the occasion, your best option is the Millhouse Convention Centre Palmetto Point St Kitts. Located on the picturesque Garvey's Estate, the Millhouse Guesthouse Convention Centre has enough space for outdoor events overlooking the Caribbean Sea. If you're looking indoors, the centre is equipped with amenities needed to make your event a success. And by combining both spaces, you're sure to have a memorable event, no matter the occasion. Call the offices at Millhouse Guest House and Convention Center to book your next event on simply the most beautiful place in St. Kitts. Call 668-1392. Millhouse Convention Center at Garvey's Estate, Palmetto Point, St. Kitts. Making your event memorable. Auto Plus Car Wash, located on the Collins Street gut, Bastyr St. Kitts. Bring your car to Auto Plus Car Wash to remove water stains, wiper marks. Get your doors, roof panel cleaned, seat floor mats buffed, headlights, and engine wash. You get quality service at the best price at Auto Plus Car Wash. They really care for your car. Call 765 765-5140 or visit them on College Street, got St. Kitts. Auto Plus Car Wash, where service is number one the voice of the Caribbean radio. Welcome back to Let's talk in Snevis. Well, we're going to start off that discussion, as we said at the start of the show, on the situation with Lindsey Grant, the Minister of Tourism, and the issue he has, uh, with potential legal issue that he has been dealing with for the past two months. He basically gave a statement on the weekend saying, hey, have me charged or exonerate me. He also alleged that their efforts within his own government to have him charged on the matter. Let's hear the full statement from Mr. Grant, after which we will hear from Mr. Duncan Watley, political
3: commentator. Brothers and sisters, fellow citizens, greetings. About two months ago, I was involved in an exchange of words with the members of the Royal St. Christopher and Nevis Police Force. The exchange was videotaped by one of the very officers involved and sent viral across the Internet. Since then, there has been much discussion on this incident in the public domain. I am aware also that considerable political pressure is being exerted on the relevant authorities to charge me with some offense. I am equally aware That the name of my party leader the Honorable Sean Richards was included in police reports on the incident even though the Honorable gentleman had nothing to do with the matter and was not even present when it occurred. My information has led me to the inescapable conclusion that elements within the same government in which I serve, are hard at work to not only orchestrate charges against me, but perhaps to achieve some narrow political gain by seeking to wrongfully implicate others. I wish to make it clear that I am confident that I am committed no breach of the law and I and my many witnesses stand ready and willing to defend myself if and when any formal charges are leveled against me. But I have been waiting for two long months to allow the legal process to take its course, and to date, I am not aware of what is happening. However, throughout this period, I have said nothing publicly on this matter. Brothers and sisters, fellow citizens, I believe I have waited long enough. I am therefore calling on the authorities either to charge me and allow me to have my day in court or to exonerate me. I am well aware of the political climate in which we find ourselves today and I'm also mindful of the Machiavellian efforts of a misguided few who for personal power and self-aggrandizement continue to destroy the fabric of unity that we all have fought so hard to weave. I assure you that this push for formal charges against me just as the unfortunate naming of my party leader in police reports of this incident, when he was not even present at the time, has little to do with the law and has everything to do with the unfortunate politics of our time. Notwithstanding the political overtones, let me be pellucid. I have the utmost respect for the rule of law, for the maintenance of law and order, and also for the men and women in uniform who protect us every day. Our police and our security forces have always had, and will continue to have, my fullest support. However, I accept that the exchange with the police officers during the incident was unfortunate. I also accept that I am to be held, and quite properly so, to a higher standard of behavior than others, due to my position. I accept that my constituents and the people of my beloved country expect only the best behavior, privately and publicly, from their elected representatives. While I have waited for two long months, and while I am ready, willing, and able to defend myself, I believe that the incident should never have happened, and for that I apologize publicly and unreservedly. I state to my beloved constituents in constituency number four and to the people who have reposed their trust and their confidence in me that their support is well-placed. I have served you and will continue to serve you to the best of my ability in good and bad times. This matter has been long overdue, and it is high time that it be resolved and that the political machinations behind it be brought to an end. I remain resolute that whatever actions are taken by the relevant authorities, I am confident of my name being cleared of any legal wrongdoing. Of that I am certain, and to that I am committed. In the meantime, I continue to focus unrelentingly on the purpose for which I was elected. I pledge my unwavering commitment to my constituents and to my country. May God continue to bless you and to bless our beloved St. Kitts and
1: Nevis. That statement there from Minister of Tourism, Lindsey Grant. we now hear from Mr. Duncan Biglice-Watley, political commentator, on what this statement from Mr. Grant means for him as a, polit- as a politician, but also the unity of the Team Unity Administration. So we have on the line commentator, political commentator, Duncan Biglice-Watley. Mr. Watley, you would have seen what has transpired on the weekend, the statement from the Minister of Tourism, Lindsey Grant, who has been on the fire over the last couple of months because of that incident with the police officers. What were your initial thoughts after hearing the statement? Good
4: morning, Andrew. Well, my initial thought was, why so long? Why it took him so long to come forward and, and make a statement in an elected member of Parliament? And then I listened and still not pleased with the statement that was made, but at least it gave us an indication as to what is really happening within the unity construct and what is really happening, what is the, 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 um, the atmosphere in our federation as it is.
1: What do you think he meant when he said elements within the government? Is he referring to cabinet members or because government is a broad statement? Um, or is he referring to, some people are saying, oh, he's talking about the police, but he said government. So wh- what do you think he was referring to, or exactly what do you think he was making mention of? I
4: and mean, do straightforward, you know, it is very much straightforward. It is from his colleagues in cabinet. He is referring to someone within his cabinet, an elected member, who he says he has reasonable from grounds and information, and we know what he's speaking about because there's no right now there's no hiding as to the attacks that are coming um, from other factions of his, of his government. So it is clear. I mean, some people in their SAs would not want it to happen, but that is a clear indication that there is internal fighting, that there is no if, but maybe. It is a clear indication that there is internal fighting. And so nobody need to make about body the police. The police is not into politics. Or the police ought not to be into politics. And so what he is saying is that someone within his cabinet or some persons within his cabinet is fighting to have him charge and have him disciplined. Because that is a part of the, 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 the whole activity that is happening. now. they want to put him in a position where they can control him. And I've said it before many times in my life. They want to put him in a position where they can control, control it, And so, this is another attempt by his colleagues to, to, to compromise his, his position. His office.
1: And by colleagues, I don't think you're referring to members of his own party. It would probably be from the PLP or the CCM. But, but, you, but you, if, you, if you look at the
4: statement again, he clearly said he spoke about his leader and he said his leader was not involved and they wanted to bring him the leader. Involved. So, even that... It's giving you a clear indication that he is not referring to anybody of the People's Action Movement. Mm-hmm.
5: Well,
6: he what? is
4: not referring to anybody of the People's Action Movement. And we know the relationship between, we can't we can pussyfoot around this, we know the relationship between he and John Ellis. They will never go against each other. And he and Sean, he spoke about Sean. So, Hamilton is, you know, an factor. So you know that he is not someone within the People's Action Movement.
1: What does this mean for Team Unity? There, there have been a lot of, and this is probably the first clear example or clear uh, indication that what many people have been thinking uh, it may very well be so, that there is some disunity in unity. What do you think this um, grand statement and what he said specifically about members of his cabinet or members of the government um, trying to conspire to have him charged, what do you think this means for Team Unity? Well, Andrew, I've said
4: it before. I've said it before. It is done. There is no turning back now, because what we see happening is not even so much about the, 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 the elected members, but the general public is now saying, man, we have it enough, we had enough of this. And let us go back to the polls, or, and you, you see the statements on Facebook? So we have reached one point now that all we are waiting for is for it to, to, to as a local, to mash up, to be destroyed, and then we will see what it, where it goes from there.
2: But, but, the, but the, it is the, obvious. It the, is obvious that the, the whole idea of the, the unity concept has reached
4: to its limit. It's
1: but there is also this school of thought that all the parties within unity know that by themselves, they cannot win the election. They feel that in order for them to win, they will have to stay united, which is probably why they've been together for thus, thus, so, so long for so far. Bearing that in mind, Do you still think that unity is going to dismantle by the time the next election comes around?
4: See, and that is one school of thought. There's another school of thought that the People's Action Movement and system could form government. The People's Action Movement and system now they have enough seat now, but I also believe they can convince the populace that, hey, PLP, the factions of PLP, they're what is the problem. So give us a chance to run this government on our own that could happen. Or, for the good of the country, some people will say, well we had enough, we can't continue this way, win or lose, let us go back to the poll." I mean, they are, they, are, they are different things. And so, why stay together when it's not working just for staying together Still, That's like a relationship that's gone bad. Eventually, you know, it's going to fail. You know, so why, why do that? And, and jeopardise not only your own career, but the political survival of some of the parties around here. That the people's action movement should stay together just for staying together saying that party would be destroyed. And the same thing for here, I'm saying make the correct move and let people know what's going on. Let people know this is why we do X, Y, Z. But to continue where we are going now. Let me tell you something. The government is in this way. Everybody is doing that they like. Everybody across the board. And we can't, it's not healthy for, for
1: a country like ours. Finally, Mr. Grant. um, Obviously, he wants this matter, this chapter of his political life, closed, so that he can move on. Um, Where does he go from here? Do you see Mr. Grant um, recovering from this politically? Do you see him looking to run the next election in in that constituency number four? Well, it
4: all depends on how this plays out. Because I think he 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 has had an incident very much similar to this. And he survived, and he ran, and he lost the nation, but he wanted to up. Because remember, elective politics is about the people, and if the people say they want you, they want you. And so this is a matter for his constituents, for them to rally and say, well, we need him. But, but it is going to be a tough task, and it all depends on who the, the opposition would put, or the Labour Party would put up against him. That has a lot to do with it too. But I see this as a an issue for his constituents. Um the, the charges as as the Hamilton said, they're simple charges that you go to code, they will caution you, warn you, if they if they it again and that's it. It's not true now. The leadership of government, if they have the balls to say, Well, you have to step back, you have to be out of government. And that in itself would cause a little conflict. Go back to what we were talking about initially. So it, it is it is it is for me and this His survival depends on the people of number four. They would have to be the ones who say, Mr. Grant is not enough, let us get another another one, another person to run, or they're going to the say, Mr. Grant, we be rallying behind you, and we're supporting you for the next election. It, it's a matter for the people at number four, and also for the people's
1: action movement as a, as a party. Um, I, I asked this question, because I, I spoke to Mr. Peter Wickham on this issue yesterday, and I asked a question about um, Caribbean politics and and the fact that maybe if he was in another country, he may have been put in a position where he would be forced to resign. Um, Do do you see St. Kitts Nevis politics generally and Caribbean politics, um, you know, on a wider scale, uh, putting pressure on politicians who, you know, um, make questionable judgment in in this case, in the case of Mr. Grant, similar cases like this, to to force them to resign? You know, I, I, I mentioned that yesterday during
4: my issues program, that if in another country, things could have been different. But what we have to take into consideration in our federation is that because it is a unity construct, and you mentioned it earlier, where they are depending on the parties, that itself brings an issue, a, a problem. Because it's not so much little grant anymore, it's, but it's now PLP will try to make sure they are peace. Bam. And so going after Lindsay is almost like going after the party, unless the party pulls out, then the government falls. So our situation is a bit unique in that the three-party coalition is, is basically deemed to be more important than the individual politician. I could bet you if this was a uh, let's say a government of one party, let's say a Labour Party support, so like in Antigua, it would have been easy to deal with. It would have been easy to deal with because it, it's a um, Labour Party, you have enough seats, and so if you put him out and so forth. And it still, it still all depends on the margin that you have mm-hmm. in terms of your, your, your victory. If you put out on one person, it would make the government unstable, they wouldn't do it. So it has to do a lot with the issue, the, the, the climate, and the, the situation as it is. And we find ourselves in a unique situation that, that is why Mr. Grant has not been asked to sit back and rely. And I say yesterday, as I said yesterday, it's a difficult act because here it is. Mr. Grant is a part of cabinet. And he's now he is still listening and making decisions based on a matter that in, involves him. And that is why it, was in, it is instructive and important that they would have said, Mr. Grant, go home so long, we'll access her, you know, and, and we're going to deal with this. And then after that, we'll make a decision. But he's still a part of cabinet making, and that is what makes it so difficult that he's a part of cabinet making decisions on something that in, involves him.
1: That's Mr. Duncan Biglice-Watley, political commentator, speaking to us on Let's Talk St. Kitts-Nevis on the situation involving the Minister of Tourism, Lindsey Grant. We also spoke to Mr. Peter Wickham, political analyst and commentator based in Barbados, does, does a lot of work in the Caribbean and various countries uh, as it relates to politics, and he's quite intimate with the political situation here in St. Kitts-Nevis. We spoke to him about Mr. Grant's statement. So, Peter, I'm sure you would have heard the statement from, uh, and you have been following the, the situation here locally with Minister Lindsey Grant, and you would have heard his statement on the weekend where he essentially said, among other things, that there are elements within his own government that is trying to get him charged for the incident that occurred two months ago. What were your thoughts? What are your initial thoughts, first of all, after you heard the statement? And are you surprised by what he had to say?
7: Um, Yeah, I kind of heard the statement slightly different, though. I I listened to to Grant, uh, Minister Grant, and I got a sense that he was saying that there were forces within the government um, that were trying to get him charged, but I read it differently. I read it to mean that perhaps there were forces within the police force that that had that interest. Um, When when one speaks broadly to government, it's difficult to know which entity one is speaking to, and I do uh, believe that there were persons, and that certainly is entirely unsurprising. Uh, within the police force that would like to have him charged, uh, but ultimately um, the decision is made, um, well, I guess at a level where uh, one doesn't know what that person is thinking. So um, I don't believe that he is surprised, uh, and I I certainly am not surprised. uh, When a minister gets involved in something like that, invariably there will be questions of charges being raised or new opposition will want to have him charged. Um, and it's, it's entirely unsurprising in a place as polarised St. Kitts and Nevis that within the police force there may be entities or persons within there that will believe that this is the kind of political fish that they would want to fray. So that's how I read it. Um, it's not surprising. Um, I, I guess it is being spun as a suggestion that there are persons within his unity government that want to have him charged. Um, that At different levels, I mean, and that's an entirely different matter. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, ultimately, if, as he is saying, it is not a charge that is likely to stand up, um, then he has nothing to worry about.
6: Hmm. Well, like others, I
1: would have read it as the government, uh, people in his government, and some people read it as in the cabinet that are actually trying to get him charged. So that, that's how I interpreted it, um, because I think he was distinct in terms of saying, well, you know, the 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 police haven't charged him but they they're he he's he has irrefutable evidence that people within his own government are trying to get him charged um or would want to see him charged so if that were the case let's say that's the interpretation are you surprised and and who would really want him within his government because he's not he certainly would mean his own party mm.
7: No, I mean but if that's the case, I would I would want to, to be slightly more specific and, and honestly, Andre, I, I can't really respond to that. I don't really know who who would and, and why they would. I mean, there is a suggestion that within team unity there's this unity, but at the same time that's not a an issue that I would want to massage unless I have concrete evidence of such. Now, if, if he is saying that he knows of persons within the cabinet, that I mean he would need to say this. Um, but to, to the best of my knowledge, the only uh, entity that can charge him is the police force. I believe the director of public prosecutions will have a, a role in that. But I don't know that it is within the remit of anybody in the, the uh, St. Kiss and Nevis cabinet to um, proffer a charge against him for something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, l- let's talk about the incident. The, the, the minister, you will. after two months, he has come out, he has apologized for the incident, Um, he he did an initial initial statement which fell short of that back in January. Um, Do you think he handled the situation well, considering that it has allowed to fester for two months, he's still not charged, and now he's gotten to the point where, you know, charge me or exonerate me?
7: Um, No, I mean, but he he handled it, he obviously, I'm sorry it's clear based on what he said that he doesn't think he handled it well and and i would be inclined to agree with him that whenever uh, a minister behaves in a way that raises question or that prompts an apology clearly is something that you do in his and you regret uh, at a slightly more leisurely moment and i think that that's exactly where he is in that regard you know um St. Is, a, is a small place clearly he was angry and he he ex you know exercised or he vented his frustration I don't really know the circumstances, but it's fairly clear that he behaved in a way that at leisure he has regretted, Uh, and he's gone on record as saying this. So I think the question as to whether or not he behaved appropriately is is pretty much answered by both him, and and I would agree with him that it's unfortunate. Now, the the matter of whether that should lead to a criminal charge is another matter altogether, and, you know, I, I, I listened to another attorney speaking to the matter in a regional forum And he he is suggesting that a charge of the order of assault and battery is is going to be a very, very difficult one to sustain in that environment. Um, I don't know what went on. But uh, based on what I'm hearing, it, it perhaps does not rise to that level. So the question then is, what are you going to charge him with? Um, and I think that he, he is basically expressing a frustration that people feel as though they have something dangling over his head. And his thing is, either charge me or, 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 or don't, you know, and get out of the way. I mean, the, the reality of the situation is that he's not the first uh, government official or minister that has spoken uh, with Andrew Hayes to the um, Police force in 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 and Nevis, and I expect that he won't be the last either. Uh, I hope that this is a lesson in, in all of them, or for all of them, that this is not the way that one wants to, to conduct oneself. Mm.
6: The
1: matter of the what well, matter of ethics in this case, um, there there are people even on the opposition have said to the called on the prime minister to, to sort, take some sort of action. Okay, fine, he's not charged at this point in time. But do you think ethically the party or the prime minister, his party, that is, the People's Action Movement, or the prime minister, um, as a member of his cabinet, should or do anything as it relates to a matter of ethics?
7: But I don't know what they can do. I mean, the, the political reality of St. kitts and Nevis is such that I, I don't expect that the government, certainly at the level of the Team Unity Administration, has taken the action against him. Um, And at the level of the party, I don't know what power they have to censor him, or maybe they have already, and and perhaps that's what caused the the apology that was issued. So it's entirely possible that internal dynamics have already created a situation where he's apologised, but I don't know what possibilities exist outside of that. the, the suggestion that he should be fired as a minister, uh, again, I don't and i do not expect that to happen because of the political reality of his removal, what he would need for the Team Unity administration. and I think that, that is a, that's a reality that, that one has to live with. You know, St. Kitts and Nevis is in a situation where your uh, government is, is balanced very delicately, and you know, one of the realities of having a delicately balanced administration, and this is something that people voted for, is that it is, it's very, very difficult to deal with, with discipline within the context of something like this. Um, in the United Kingdom, and certainly your system is a Westminster system, you know, one would expect a minister to resign. And I think that in the UK, ministers have resigned for less. Um, I have, however, understood across the region that it just doesn't work that way in the Caribbean. Uh, We've had ministers in Barbados who have misled parliament and come back and apologize for having misled parliament and not apologize. We have had ministers who have signed contracts um, in uh, Barbados dollars and then subsequently had discovered that the contract was issued in US dollars and they have not resigned. So, in St. Kitts and Nevis, I'm sure that if you go into the, the minutiae of your governance over the years, there have been several similar offenses that have taken place, but we appreciate that we have a slightly different understanding of how political morality works in the Caribbean. Um, and My expectation would not be that he would resign over something like this. Uh, perhaps in the United Kingdom he might, but I, I don't expect that it would. Um, Is it something which should be avoided and not repeated in the the future? Of course. Uh, And my sense is that that would be the role of both the Team Unity Administration and his party to, to make that clear to him. But ultimately, a lot has to, to rest on his own shoulders in determining what he wants to do, uh, what he feels he should do under the circumstances, and his conscience should be his guide. Um, he has to return to the polls shortly, and he has to speak to his constituents. And uh, ultimately, the constituents will have the final determination as to whether or not he should continue in, in public life or whether they would want to remove him and have someone else instead. Do you think he should resign? Right. And Andre, what I'm saying to you is that the political morality mm-hmm. of any individual country or region is relevant to that country or region and the culture of our Caribbean mm-hmm. certainly uh, as I understand it has been that for something like this, the minister doesn't resign. If the minister however believes that he ought to, then he, he will go. Um, in a situation where he has to be pressured, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, it is not consistent with the way that we do business in the Caribbean, uh, and and, and I, I would prefer to just leave it at that. But I wouldn't say that there is any internationally accepted standard of political morality that would require a minister to resign. If, if he were in the United Kingdom, he probably would. But as I said, I don't really know in similar circumstances in the Caribbean that we have had ministers resigning under those circumstances. Um, Trinidad and Tobago... There was a plethora of ministers who had been fired uh, under the the administration of Kamla persad Um and my sense is that the manner in which the electorate treated to those incidents would demonstrate that they were not particularly impressed by that either. So, um, you know, let's be clear that I think that ultimately, whenever um, the gentleman goes back to the polls and he faces the electorate, the electorate would determine, and, and certainly his constituents would determine whether they thought he behaved
1: properly or not. Finally, um, there's a lot of talk about, uh, and and mostly from the the opposition, but also in some circles, and even some supporters of Team Unity, uh, seem to be concerned that there are some cracks appearing in the unity of the government. This incident, I think, kind of highlighted it because there's a lot of chatter as a result of what Mr. Grant said on the weekend. Do you think, from your observation um, as a political commentator, that somehow there is an appearance of disunity amongst Team Unity and that, you know, whether or not they're going to stay together leading up to the next election.
7: Well, I mean, I've heard the rumors that you've heard. <laughs> so, um, in a sense, uh, I'm fully aware of, of all that's being said. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at such time as something is publicly uttered, you know, the situation, the status quo remains as it is. Um, the, the members of Team Unity are... Uh, An interesting group because you have a majority uh, PAM, you have a minority uh, PLP, and then you have uh, another minority in terms of the CCM. Um, Any of those entities can easily destabilize the Unity and certainly, if any of those entities get to a stage where they believe, particularly aggrieved, they can withdraw their support and the whole thing comes tumbling down. Now, the fact that that has not happened suggests that if there are cracks, the cracks are obviously not that deep. And I think that the, the group has probably determined that their uh, unity agenda, um, as it stands, although imperfect, is, is, uh, is worthy of pursuit in the short term. As to whether the long term, I mean, we still have quite some time away from a general election. Um, the, the rules of the game are such that if any of those entities decided they wanted to withdraw their support, the Prime Minister has the option to trigger a general election. Uh, that's the rules of, of, of Westminster politics. So it's not a situation where someone else can just come and take over as Prime Minister, um, they would need to call an election. And I think that that's a judgment that they would all want to make, whether they believe that in a general election at this time how would all of them fare? Uh, and I think it's against that background that, that certainly in the short term, um, the unity uh, seems to be assuming, or the members seem to assume that it is better for them to stay together than to, to, to do anything differently. But as I said, I've heard the rumors that you've heard. Uh, I'm certainly uh, very much keenly aware of, of the rumors that are circulating on the ground in, in, in Bastyr, uh and even in Charleston. So. Um, you know, we have to wait to see how it goes, but it's, it's really, really early in the game. I, I think that we have another uh, four years, for all intents and purposes, before an election is due. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if the, the current arrangement writes itself out for, for that thing, simply because, as I said, the, the numbers uh, suggest that this, this would make sense, a lot of sense for all concerned. Over in Nevis, uh, the other party, NRP, had seats then you would have a basis for negotiation. But the reality right now is any negotiation in terms of alternatives going forward um, would would have to be with Labour. And then at any rate, um, once you have a change away from the current state of you will have a general election which could change everything. So I guess that background, I, I entirely agree with you that, you know, the, the state of is likely to retain for the time, remain for the time being simply because uh, anything else would be uh, less attractive.
1: Mm. Which, which takes me to the question, though, Peter, that, okay, do you foresee a possibility where any of the current players right now could form an alliance with the Labour Party, or NRP for that matter? Um, ahead of a general election, whether be well, most in this case federal. But,
7: I mean, I mean that's, that is probably the more interesting question, and I can't see how an alliance with NRP would make sense unless people thought that NRP would actually win seats and that would actually have federal uh, influence and power. Uh, and I don't know that anyone is convinced uh, of that right now, because the NRP, as it currently stands, is not looking as though it's likely to be able to recapture power in a hurry so the NRP is uh, a, is a very very skeptical option and I don't know that a politician will want to invest too much in terms of the likelihood that the NRP would emerge from an election in uh, Nevis with seats and federal election um, that one I, I, I can be absolutely sure of um, and then as far as labor is concerned you know um, labor has shown a disinterest in unity unless it has been absolutely necessary and labor labor governed an office on its own. Uh, until it was forced effectively to reach over to Nevis and to embrace um, NRP. They previously had an association with CCN years ago and the, the history of that is well known. Um, they have now pursued an association with NRP. My, my sense is that the association is entirely opportunistic. Uh, and my, my feeling is that I don't know that labor really has a genuine interest in unity with anyone other than labor. Uh, it sees itself as a standalone party which was forced in the past to do business with someone else but my, my feeling is that you know it isn't it isn't something that comes naturally to labor and they may very well be sensing the, the opportunities that they could could return to government on their own walls again and may not want to do that um, I don't see dr. Douglas sitting down with okay. with anyone other than uh, than the, certainly than than the NRP uh, and, and even the NRP, one would wonder, uh, and then, of course, we have new leadership now, but at the same time, you know, we can't dismiss Dr. Douglas's influence and all of that. So um, that would be uh, a peculiar thing, and I think that ultimately the question that you asked is really the relevant one, uh, you know, would, would Labour um, be interested, and, and would NRP be viable in a situation like that?
1: That's Peter Wickham, political commentator and analyst based in Barbados. You're listening to Les and Kids Nevis here on Voice of the Caribbean Radio at voiceofthecaribbean.net. We'll take a break. When we come back, we turn our attentions to the Ukraine-Russia crisis.
2: Voice of the Caribbean Radio, VOC Radio, stay locked
1: on. It's the new and improved SK Newsline Android mobile app. With the SK Newsline app, you can watch your news reports, the SK Newsline Newscast, Sports, special features, and so much more. You can also send us a WhatsApp or call us directly. Go in the Google Play Store, search SK Newsline, and download the app today. The SK Newsline mobile app. News on the go.
2: Online radio has never been this great. It's Voice of the Caribbean Radio at voiceofthecaribbean.net. Tune into Voice of the Caribbean Radio for great Caribbean programs. News, entertainment, sports and current affairs. Wake up each morning and be inspired with One Day at a Time with Kim Huey. Stay abreast with news across the Caribbean and internationally with the Caribbean News Hour and be entertained with shows like Reggaeville, Caribbean Classics, and Jive Music Show. Visit our website, download our Android mobile app, or listen us on TuneIn Radio. There is so much more on Voice of the Caribbean Radio, reaching the Caribbean and beyond. Check website or app for program schedule
1: want to buy some fresh fruits vegetables or ground provision but don't have the time to go to the market or even to find parking look no further green Green market and and delivery delivery is is your your solution solution. green market and delivery is an e-commerce store that sells and delivers local produce to customers it's in kinsinavis anything you purchase you can get fresh from the market and deliver directly to your door Log on to www.greenmarketskn.com. Click on the e-store link, choose your items, and shop away. We have a wide array of products from fruits, vegetables, local products, spices and seasonings, and much more. Save time and energy. Shop on greenmarketskn.com. Your Your one-stop shop for for fresh local local produce. produce.
2: Stay abreast with news on St. Martin with FMN News. Visit www.greenmarketskn.com smn-news.com for up-to-date news scoops opinions and hard-hitting facts smn news we tell it like it is visit our website www.smn-news.com
1: if you're looking for a place to host that special event conference meeting social event party Whatever the occasion, your best option is the Millhouse Convention Center, Palmetto Point St. Kitts. Located on the picturesque Garvey's Estate, the Millhouse Guesthouse Convention Center has enough space for outdoor events overlooking the Caribbean Sea. If you're looking indoors, the center is equipped with amenities needed to make your event a success. And by combining both spaces, you're sure to have a memorable event, no matter the occasion. Call the offices at Millhouse Guest House and Convention Center to book your next event on simply the most beautiful place in St. Kitts. Call 668-1392. Millhouse Convention Center at Garvey's Estate, Palmetto Point, St. Kitts. Making your event memorable. Auto Plus Car Wash, located on the Collins Street gut, Bastyr St. Kitts. Bring your car to AutoPlus Car Wash to remove water stains, wiper marks, get your doors, roof panel cleaned, seat floor mats, buff in, headlights, and engine wash. You get quality service at the best price at AutoPlus Car Wash. They really care for your car. Call 765-5140 or visit them on Collestreet.Bastier St. Kitts. Auto Plus Car Wash, where service, service is easy. number one. The voice of the Caribbean radio. Welcome back to Let's Talks in Nevis. Well, as we said before the break, we're going to turn our attentions now to the war in Ukraine. Russia has invaded Ukraine, as you know, for the past couple of weeks. And so we want to sort of get some insights into what's happening on the international scene where that is concerned. To do this, we join Al Jazeera with their program inside story
0: as russia intensifies its war on ukraine leaders from the u.s france turkey and israel step up attempts to stop the conflict does diplomacy still stand a chance and what's needed for a breakthrough this is inside story Hello and welcome to the program. I'm Foliba Batibo. Russia says its invasion of Ukraine could stop at any moment if Kyiv agrees to its demands. These include recognizing Crimea and breakaway regions in eastern Ukraine as Russian territories. And as the war intensifies, world leaders are increasing their diplomatic efforts. The U.S. Secretary of State has visited Moldova and NATO allies Poland, Lithuania and Latvia. Antony Blinken hinted at more sanctions against Russia, including banning oil imports. He reminded President Vladimir Putin of the price he's paying for continuing the conflict.
1: We see the ruble going through the floor. We see Russia's credit rating coming basically to zero, to junk status, as we would call it. We see its stock market shut down. We see an exodus of virtually every leading company uh, from Russia. All of those things are happening. They're happening in real time. At the same time, other steps that we've taken, including export controls on uh, the most important technology that Russia needs to modernize for the future, including its defense and aerospace industries, including its energy sector, uh, that technology is being denied uh, to Russia. That's going to have a powerful impact over time.
0: Meanwhile, diplomatic efforts continue. Turkey says the foreign ministers of Russia and Ukraine will meet in Antalya later this week. The leaders of France and Israel are talking to Vladimir Putin as well. France's Emmanuel Macron spent two hours on the phone on Sunday urging the Russian president to end military operations and protect Ukraine's nuclear sites. And Israel's Prime Minister Naftali Bennett made a secret trip to Moscow on Saturday before meeting Germany's chancellor in Berlin. Jonah Hall has more from Lviv in
8: western Ukraine. Several world leaders have dipped their toes into increasingly murky diplomatic waters in recent days. Uh, On the weekend, President Emmanuel Macron of France held his fourth phone call with Vladimir Putin in the Kremlin since the invasion began on February the 24th. The pair spent an hour and 45 minutes talking on the phone on Sunday. President Macron is said to have urged Putin to uphold humanitarian law and to respect the safety of Ukraine's nuclear sites. Naftali Bennett, the Israeli prime minister, took off on a secret flight to Moscow on the weekend, spending three hours with Mr. Putin in the Kremlin, before then heading off for further talks with the German government in Berlin. But the phone call that has produced the most information for us about what President Putin is currently thinking took place on Sunday between him and President Erdogan of Turkey. Mr. Erdogan urged Putin to declare a ceasefire, to open humanitarian corridors and to sign a peace agreement, and he offered Turkey as a host for talks. That was from the Turkish side. In response, the Kremlin says, Mr. Putin said, the only way out of this war is if uh, Ukraine surrenders its weapons and guarantees all of the Kremlin's demands. Those, to remind you, uh, include not just the full military surrender of Ukraine, but also guarantees about its neutrality, that it will never become a member of NATO. Mr. Putin also wants Crimea to be recognized as part of Russia after its annexation in 2014, and he wants recognition of the independence of those breakaway regions in the east. Mr. Putin reportedly said that Russia's war goals were on track for being met, And he said he hoped that Ukrainian negotiators ahead of talks due to continue this week would approach those talks in a more, quote, constructive manner.
0: So can diplomacy ultimately bring an end to the conflict in Ukraine? Let's bring in our guests for today's show. In Moscow, we have Andrei Fedorov, who served as Deputy Foreign Minister of Russia and is the chairman of the Fund for Political Research and Consulting in Russia. In Brussels, Carol Lanou, chief executive of the Centre for European Policy and Studies. And in Doha, Marwan Kabbalan, head of policy analysis at the Arab Centre for Research and Policy Studies. Thank you all, gentlemen, for joining us on Inside Story. Andrei Fedorov in Moscow, let me start with you. The two sides, Russia and Ukraine, have engaged in a couple of rounds of discussions bilaterally, but Russia has not paused its military operations in Ukraine. Is the Kremlin at all interested in diplomacy?
6: Of course, the Kremlin is interested in diplomacy, but the problem is that uh, during this uh, recent context, which uh, took place, uh, there is one obstacle. Uh, Russia formulated very clearly a number of demands, which are unacceptable for the Ukrainian side. And that's why, uh, during this diplomatic context, we can more or less agree only on some humanitarian issues. But all the main political issues are left unsolved. And uh, there are very few chances they can be solved in the way like Putin wants it.
0: What is President Putin's thinking, Andrei? I mean, what's his decision-making process? And do you think he's willing to make any compromises on on some of the red lines he said he wouldn't cross? Uh,
6: No, I don't think that... uh, In case of Ukraine, uh, he will... uh, He's absolutely not ready for compromise. Uh, He put a very clear goal for himself. Uh, This, uh, as he mentioned... Recently that if there will be no agreement uh, of Ukraine on our demands, uh, Ukraine might lose its statehood. So it's a very clear line. That's why we cannot expect that the military operation might stop soon.
0: Okay, so you don't expect the military operation to stop soon. Marwan Kambalan in Doha, let me bring oh. you in now. A lot of actors in this crisis trying to push for diplomacy. Uh, Turkey's foreign minister has announced that the foreign ministers of Russia and Ukraine will meet in Antalya uh, later this week. Could there be a breakthrough, you think? Does diplomacy still stand a chance, in, in your view, in this crisis?
9: no i don't think i don't think so i don't think diplomacy is having any chance uh, at this particular stage uh, in uh, making any uh, any progress i think president putin is using negotiation uh, while actually he is uh, uh, also using military force on the ground to put pressure on the ukrainians to get the concessions uh, he wanted from the very beginning i think he uh, uh, he's trying to to put as much pressure uh, as possible uh, on the Ukrainian government uh, m- most important for him perhaps uh, is to uh, get the uh, the concession that uh, uh, makes uh, Ukraine ma- m- that makes Ukraine re- be uh, not part of nato uh, and also to disarm to disarm the country uh, altogether so i don't think that the diplomacy is having any chance right now
0: okay so let me come to you now, then, uh, in uh, Brussels, uh, Carol Lanu. Uh, Andre in Moscow says the military operation will continue. Marwan Kabbalan says he doesn't think diplomacy uh, stands a chance. Do you see any avenue for de-escalating this conflict or any possible ways to end the crisis diploma- diplomatically?
5: Very limited chances, certainly, since so much damage has been done at the Ukrainian side, as well in uh, civil as in military terms. So much damage also has been done in material terms, to buildings, to roads, uh, etc. In Ukraine, I think the hostility has simply increased uh, from where it was, say, two weeks, three weeks ago. Mm. So I think it's extremely difficult to come to a diplomatic solution. Anyway, the EU is trying to f- have a form of a diplomatic solution with all the sanctions it has imposed. Let's say, not military
0: yeah but uh, sanctions Carl, haven't more. sanctions alone haven't been enough to make putin uh pause the invasion and bring him to the negotiation negotiating table and the humanitarian crisis as we're seeing is is worsening the conflict escalating uh you know is is europe considering other diplomatic options are are there other uh solutions on the table as far as the europeans and nato is concerned
5: yeah, but there are even people now considering that table and all kinds of imports from gas and oil from Russia at the moment. But of course, that uh, poses the problem, let say, how well we replace it, because um, right. the dependency on gas and oil and imports for energy in European countries differs enormously. But if you look only at the Baltic states, it's a 100% dependence on gas and oil mm-hmm. from Russia. So it is extremely difficult. You cannot replace this overnight. On the okay. other hand, as regards the sanctions, like the, the financial sanctions, sanctions against the banks, sanctions against the oligarchs, you will only see the effects after a few days, or after a few weeks, or after a few months, mm-hmm. when the Russian economy comes on its knees.
0: Right, but those are those are sticks, right? I mean, the Europeans—all we've seen from Europe right now—are sticks. Are there any carrots they could off- offer right now to Moscow? Uh,
5: why should they offer a carrot to Moscow? As Moscow started this conflict, I just don't know. Let's say what kind of uh, concession they could make to to Moscow, mm. and not even mm-hmm. infuriating. Um, Ukraine more. We see already there's the whole debate about a no-fly zone with, where Ukraine would like to have a no-fly zone towards the western side, but of course, uh, Putin has said, no way we can we can do this. So, and then uh, Zelensky is saying, look, that is impossible. i us say, Europe must help us, but Europe is extremely afraid to be involved too much in this conflict, which risks escalating into an overall European war.
0: Right. Andrei Fedorov, let me put that question to you that Carl uh, just asked. Why should Europe and NATO offer any carrots to Moscow right now?
6: Oh, I don't think that there is a chance for any carrot, uh, but I think there will be more and more stakes. Uh, as uh, far as I mentioned previously, uh, there are very few chances that the military operation uh, will uh, be stopped because uh, Putin uh, has a very clear picture in front of him. He wants uh, Zelensky and uh, the government of Ukraine to resign. He wants to uh, bring new government. He wants to change the constitution to make uh, Ukraine out of any military blocs. For this, you need a referendum, of course. And of course, he needs uh, what he calls demilitarization of Ukraine and denazification of Ukraine, which is both are very, very difficult.
0: Okay. Well, uh, gentlemen, let's take a closer look at some of the mediators in this conflict now france currently holds the rotating presidency of the european union before the invasion president macron took part uh, in negotiations that led to the minsk agreements to secure a ceasefire in eastern ukraine turkey has good political and economic ties with both ukraine and russia ankara called the invasion unacceptable but opposes sanctions against moscow it's also sold drones to ukraine angering the kremlin israel also has long-established ties with both countries. About 200,000 Jews live in Ukraine, and some have already fled to Israel as refugees. And Israel relies on the Kremlin to help coordinate security in Syria. It also wants Russia's support for a tougher stance against Iran's nuclear program.
1: That's Inside Story from Al Jazeera, looking at the Russia-Ukraine crisis. And that's how we end this week's edition of Les Start. and Kiss Nevis here on Voice of the Caribbean Radio at voiceofthecaribbean.net, region of the Caribbean and beyond. For a re-broadcast of this show, you can listen again tomorrow at 10 a.m., that's Wednesday at 10 a.m., and Friday also at 10 a.m., right here on Voice of the Caribbean Radio at voiceofthecaribbean.net. I'm Andre Huey. I was your host. Thank you again for listening, and do stay tuned to Voice of the Caribbean Radio.